Hey guys, welcome to Not Just a Hashtag Podcast, presented by Trees of Hope. I'm your host, Nicole Escobar, with my co-hosts, Anissa, Kristen, and Mariah. On this podcast, we will be discussing the epidemic of sexual abuse, its realities, and the unfiltered ways in which it has affected all of our lives. We share our personal stories and how our lives have been restored. While this podcast is for everyone, we do want to let you know that we use several trigger words, and this is geared more towards adult audiences. This podcast is for anyone who wants to educate themselves on the statistics behind sexual abuse, signs to look out for, and how to prevent it from happening. So let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome to the Not Just a Hashtag podcast, episode six. I'm Nicole, your host, and I'm here with my lovely ladies. Hey. Hi, Mariah here. <laughs> oh. Hey, Nisa. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, we're missing our favorite gal, Kristen Torres, and unfortunately she couldn't be here today, but we definitely miss you and your your brain, hopefully the wisdom that you carry will be coming out of us today. So today we are going to talk about what it is when a friend talks to you about your sexual abuse. And we want to give some pointers, uh, the do's and the don'ts for someone to say to you. And we keep talking about statistic, but it's because it's so important that we all know that we know somebody who's been sexually abused. I mean, it's not just happening in our little circle because this is where we work. The reality is, is that there's one in three people who've been sec- one in three girls who have been sexually abused and one in six boys. But we all know that's based on statistics, right? So if that's the case, I'm telling you, one of your friends have been sexually abused, if not you. So I think that's where we need to be more sensitive. We need to be more understanding of what's going on around us and in people's lives. And so one of the things that can destroy somebody is what we say to them once we find out that they've been sexually abused. And I can speak personally, and I know my girls here can as well, that I've been severely wounded by some of the words people have said to me after finding out that I've been sexually abused. And maybe it was just naivety, yeah, which is fine. Um, but it still wounded me. And I don't want to feel like a weakling because I was wounded. I want to feel still strong, but I'm sensitive to that, those words. And I would be lying if I didn't say that. Being sensitive doesn't make you weak. I think that's such a misconception and so unfair. Being sensitive makes you such a strong person because you're open to so many more emotions. Yeah. And we were just talking about that, me and Anissa, the other day about how like true strength comes from vulnerability and it comes from being um, willing to say to somebody hey that hurt me like it and it you know and then going from there with with the conversation because maybe in the past I would lead with like you hurt me I'm gonna hurt you back to make sure that I was like that too Mm -hmm. yeah so that they knew you hurt me but it takes a lot of courage and a lot of strength to say to somebody hey that really hurt my feelings and this is how that made me feel so I definitely um, have to, I still have to grow in this area. I'm not perfect. I'm definitely on a journey of um, growing. So we wanted to first give you guys a list of don'ts that we would say to somebody who's now revealing that they have been sexually abused. I'm going to read a couple and then I'm going to have uh, Nisa go ahead and read some. So one of the main ones that I definitely um, 
was in my life was why are you making such a big deal out of this you are a young woman when it happened now when someone says that they're not going to say word for word that but maybe something along the lines of like why are you making a big deal about this how do you know that's what happened to you how do you know that to be true that it was sexual abuse what did you do to make this happen so i went back and forth my whole life wondering that question so when somebody says that to you it just reaffirms all of the false beliefs that i had believed in my life about that one question thinking what did i do to make this happen you're the problem you're just using this as an excuse to get your way i've never had that said to me thank god um why didn't you stop it from happening i mean not every survivor i'm sure has asked themselves that at some point no matter the severity of their abuse which is such a hard thing like how traumatizing is that one question it's it's something i think that a lot of these that we're gonna read and that nicole's already read are already thoughts that you have and so when someone else verbalizes them verbalizes them it's almost like confirmation that that thought has validity because you already thought it and then someone else is verbalizing it so it's like yeah that's truth because i already thought it and now this person is saying it so it is decimating when someone says any of these things so true you mean you didn't tell anybody when it happened so why are you telling now i mean i hear that from me too people all the time like they've come out now right and now they're like they finally have gained some strength or courage and they're saying their story and everybody is looking at them like well if you're if that was true why why now and it's like well now is the time i've gained my voice Mm -hmm. so that's why the next one is why can't you just forget it Well, we all know why we can't forget it because it's a scar that happens in our brain and in our heart and it's so impossible to forget some sort of abuse like that. And I'm going to say something that I've learned in counseling is that when you have experienced a trauma, trauma actually holds itself in your body and in the amygdala and um, there's no way we can forget it because anything that triggers us through any of our senses, it actually acts as that trauma and it reinforces itself like it's actually in the present and so to say that and helping you guys understand when you say why can't you just forget it and get over it no you're wanting to forget it and get over it we will never be able to and we're trying to survive and thrive through everything that's reminding us of that we're saying these things to you guys understanding that some of these have you may have actually said this to somebody you may have been well-intentioned or you're trying to process yourself to someone that doesn't need to hear your process but your support Mm -hmm. so i just wanted to say that no that is true thank you so much mariah because uh you saying that these are usually said by people who are well-intentioned um i was reading about how usually too they can be said by people that are really exhausted with the survivor and their recovery or maybe they just really don't want anything to do with the situation at all which does make sense and so having a lot of grace for you as the survivor but also having a lot of grace for the people who this might be a totally new situation for them and so you know don't hold against them and I don't say that lightly but don't hold against them the things that they said just because they don't know and it does come from naivete like Nicole said okay so I'll go over the next ones Um, you should just forgive and forget God won't be there for you unless you forgive honestly that's just straight up heretical God is always there for you no matter what and there's nothing that you can do there's nothing contingent on you 
as a person and there's so much freedom in that knowing that God is God and he is unchangeable so even if I am being so nasty and ugly God is still so loving and so gracious obviously we have the choice of forgiving and then God goes from there but God will always work with you and so someone saying that something's contingent on you and just hinging Mm -hmm. on what you're going to do is then how God's going to move is so untrue and I I love that love that knowing that nothing is dependent on me as a person and that it is just who the Lord is I don't believe you were ever abused if someone says that to you then that's just a person that you should probably never talk to that's not even a well-intentioned person someone that wants to straight up defeat you in that way is not anyone that you should be around what is past is past let's just not bring this up again I think that that is someone who probably doesn't know like this is out of their scope and you have to understand that there are things that I've brought to friends that really crush and overwhelm them that aren't even necessarily tied to sexual abuse but you have to understand that if someone says that it probably is just because they have no idea what to say just pray about it God will take care of it (laughs) prayer is one of the most pivotal things we have as Christians but reducing something like sexual abuse trauma to just pray about it is super insulting and then the last one I'll read is why can't you just hurry up and get over this so Nicole and I were talking all day today about how healing is such a lifelong journey and even now we've gone through counseling we work at this incredible nonprofit organization that's for victims of sexual abuse and working to prevent sexual abuse but it is constantly a process and every day is new and every day is different and every season is you know you're constantly changing as a person and in new situations and so you're always going to be learning about how to better adjust to what happened to you yeah and I think that you can't really ever get over it um you know we can we can get from out under it you know get from you know the being underneath it and being crushed by it Um, but it's going to be a lifelong journey. And I think if you can understand that as a family or a friend and having patience can actually soothe our fears and these internal lies and, um, just all the things that come up with sexual abuse that if you heard us say what we thought, you're like, how could you think that? I'm like, well, that's just what has come up in in this type of abuse, you know, and how it distorts your thinking and your perspective. So And I think this just goes with what we've talked about in telling your story, like giving people time and um, giving them empowerment and always just say whatever, however long you need, I'm here for you and I'll never minimize it. And I know you're going to go through stages. So man, what is that? Like that, just even hearing that can do for somebody because words hold so much weight. And just so you know, as a survivor, and if you're listening as one, you can definitely testify to the fact that those things, those phrases are the thing that constantly kind of presents itself to you and challenges those messages that you're trying not to believe. So um, some other ones um, would be, I'm so sick of hearing about your needs. What about mine? Oof. And, you know, obviously this can be said not with someone that's well-intended. This obviously is not a healthy um, friend or family member 
to um, just say, what about my needs? And, you know, and this also could happen within a marriage where you're struggling and you're in your darkest moments and they're feeling neglected. But you don't have to say that, you know, especially if someone's pouring out what's happened and then you say, I'm sick of it. Um, So that's never helpful. You're just feeling sorry for yourself. You know, this is something that like isn't helpful. Like I think um, something for me is like, that to me is a shaming thing. Like you're just feeling sorry for yourself. And then I'm like, yeah, you're right. And then now I'm stuck in how I was actually legitimately supposed to feel, you know, like I was need to feel this. But now I'm like, you're right. I'm I just sorry for myself, you know. And instead, like, you're not a victim anymore. You are strong and you can take control back in your life. Like, you know, that's different. Can't you just let go of it? Nothing is happening to you now. Hmm. Wow. I'm sorry if anyone's ever said that to you. It's just, I think that um, that's never been said to me. But I think that um, you have to understand let us hope you understand that you as a survivor can actually have moments where you feel like the past is actually presently happening now and it's just how our bodies are made it's how trauma works and how something like this you know can affect your life and instead of saying can you just let go of it nothing's happening to you now what a difference it would be you're safe you're safe it's so funny We're not you back say there that. now. Da- my husband, David, says that to me when I'm having crippling anxiety. And there is a world of a difference between why can't you let go of it and nothing's happening to you now as opposed to literally those exact words, mm-hmm. you're safe. You're safe. We're okay. You know? So, yeah. so different. Well, I think the difference that we're seeing is, is one is lacking Loving. so <laughs> yeah. much compassion and the yeah. other one is like, hey, I'm willing to... Um, stride with you I'm willing to hold your hand and be unified in this with you and saying like you're safe those are just totally protective words and it takes you know uh, it takes someone with some compassion Hmm. to to say things like that yeah and I think that um some of you guys like wow really people said these are things actually people have said for sure um to me to maybe not all of these but in the sense of or the heart of them or the heart of them yes yeah not word for word like the one that sticks out to me is I'm so sick of hearing about your needs what about mine um what comes into my mind is maybe like a marriage where let's say a woman is having a hard time having sex with her husband and she says and he says to her maybe in a very loving way like babe what about my needs I want to have sex with you can't we get can't you get over this mm-hmm. and how that they don't even realize that that could literally make that woman go forget you I'm now shutting down shut, this mm-hmm. is done we're done for like the next six months like I got to get over that comment so you know I, I thank god you know I'm not in that situation but I can I have said those things to myself as in I know I've pulled back from my husband on certain times um, sexually, and I have said to, well, what about his needs? You got to forget about your own needs, which has mm. not been healthy for me, but it's, it's, it is true. I do have to care about his needs too. So I do, I do want to be somebody who honors him, but sometimes it's, it's hard to think about someone else other than yourself when you're going through something. Well, yeah, and that's your choice. You have gotten to that point, too. And that you've, Raph has helped you be safe enough to even get to that point to say that, I think. But 
Um, and you may be listening and being discouraged that you've actually experienced that. So right. we're just acknowledging that this does happen and we're sorry if that is an experience you did experience. Um, and there's just a couple more on just like the spiritual realm of things. Like it's a sin to think about this. God says to focus on what is good and pure and, um, and it says to forget the past and press on to the future. Um, you know, those are what we call spiritual band-aids and theology that's not correct. And, um, and it only actually is joining into everything that's not true. So I think that, um, you know, those spiritual band-aids out of context and in this way, one, you have to understand that what has done, has been done is evil. It was an evil thing someone did over us. And just because we are abused doesn't mean we're not pure. And I think that that was the biggest thing for me is to actually come to a terms where Jesus himself could look at me and um, that I wouldn't be dirty. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when you say these spiritual band-aids, things like this, that um, to me it makes sense not to say, but unfortunately it may not to someone else because they don't know what it's like to feel dirty and shame and that repulsive and all the things that just someone else's shame has placed on us and now we carry that shame that was never ours to carry. And so um, you are pure and um, you are clean and uh, if innocence was taken before its time, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. And the reality is, is it wakes it up. And then you feel, I don't, when I was a little girl, I used to feel dirty and like perverted because I, I was woken up sexually that I was saying things that some of the other little girls weren't saying. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. No, this is, it's all so true. And I just want to add one more that's not on this list that, um, when people say God helps those who help themselves every time I hear that verse or that not verse that sentence not only does it rise up this anger inside of me because it is so theologically off base it is basically the antithesis of who God is he helps those who can't help themselves we all can't help ourselves and he still helps us and we don't deserve his help but yet he helps us all the time and we play no role as Anissa yeah. said I could sit here and try to help myself and he's not like it's still not helpful it's not how I'm not helping him at all he's God so never yeah. say that to somebody someone just recently said that to me and I was oh like I'm gonna rage yeah I'm another rage. another one is God won't give you anything you can't handle oh yeah so you could and handle sexual abuse could, yeah right there's just no way anyone can handle that so that's just so yeah false. for someone to say that is like right. so what okay ladies let's talk about this yeah. what do we say to somebody who says that to us because i'm gonna get hit with it again i know so i want to have an educated response do you have any thoughts on that well i think just always Get, there's one thing I've learned from my husband David is always giving people the benefit of the doubt which is so opposite of what I normally do I love seeing the worst in people and it's one of the worst things about me but I think when someone says something like that to you just giving them the benefit of the doubt and thinking that they meant well when they said that and being very honest and straightforward like what you just said Nicole like if someone were to say to me right now like 
well, you know, God helps those who help themselves. I would say, well, that's just very contrary to the God that I know. And that's not mean. That's straightforward and that's honest. And that's saying there are so many situations that I've been in where I haven't even been able to look at what I could do to help myself. And the Lord has in his goodness and his graciousness delivered me because of who he is. And that's just so... And I think it's what is a beautiful reminder is it's who he is. It's not about what we are, who what we have done. It's all about who he is and it's his his makeup. It's what makes him God. He's exactly. not fickle like us humans. Like I would be like, hey, if you can help yourself, I'll jump in. <laughs> no, that's a rude, not really somebody I'd want to follow kind of God. No, and I think about the way that Jesus talked to people who were in so much pain like even the situation with Lazarus where he could have I mean everyone loves to point to that but it's like what did Jesus do in that situation with people who were being crushed by grief so he cried with them and he understood and so I think like when people want to twist scripture and you know take it out of context and say like hey you know what all things have become new you need to think about things that are good and it's like did Jesus ever once come at anyone like that who was sad no or hurting and it's like if we our aim is to be christ-like we look at how he conducted himself in situations where people were in pain and he was so loving and he was there he's the definition of an empathizer Mm -hmm. right so true and i think too um just comments that maybe even survivors said or people to a survivor of like well god caused this in your life because look at all the great things you're doing now and I think that maybe in some part we can say, oh man, yeah, you caused, you knew. But no, to me, I believe that there's a real enemy out there to bring darkness in a world where Jesus has chose to bring light. And if we couldn't help ourselves, then he wouldn't have actually come out of heaven and made himself humbly a human to take what we he knew we could not do ourselves we cannot stitch up our own heart we cannot rebuild a soul he has to do that and he invites us to and he gives us the choice to come he doesn't force us like abuser to come he the only thing he does is invites us and i think um i know now that god did not choose and write this in my story he knew whatever the enemy had a plan to do that he thought he had a one-up on God like oh I know how to destroy Nicole Mm -hmm. I know how to destroy Anissa and Mariah God's like no I'm gonna I'm gonna bring life there and more than they even know I can in a way a love that actually covers all that hate um and to me it's like it's not like God caused this so that I can be all these wonderful things. He is the result of why we can do all these wonderful things and how you can hear hope in our voice. Mm -hmm. It isn't because he made this happen so that you guys could see this. It's because of him that you guys can see this. Do you know what I mean? Right. And, you know, something that's really helped me understand what the concepts that they're saying is, is God, when he created all of us, he gave us all free will, right? Which, because he wanted to have a loving relationship with us. But there's those who want to use their free will for evil. And now God's not going to step in and say, okay, for this one, I'm going to stop free will. And for this one, I'm going to, because then that messes up the whole life 
that he wants genuine true love so if that person never changes their heart he wants that to be a change of heart not a i'm here i just placed a robotic thing inside of you to change your mind on this so i get that we were a part of a choice someone's free will to make a choice to do something against us but that doesn't stop the plan of god that doesn't stop his his as in when i say a plan i don't mean it was his plan for us to be abused i mean that he had an ultimate plan for our lives and that was never intended to be a part of it it was someone's free will who jumped in on our plan on his plan now god through restoration repairs what was lost and restores us back to his original plan and desire and and heart for us and that is so beautiful like at the Mm -hmm. end of the day it's like we're both here we're all three here like trying to walk in the restored hope that we have and it's hard sometimes because we digress backwards we'll take 10 steps forward and go 20 steps backwards and we don't mean to it just Mm -hmm. happens Mm -hmm. and it's through words that sometimes others put say to us that it happens yeah yeah, so what are a couple of stories or thoughts that you guys had that maybe a specific story of someone saying these don'ts to you? So I don't have anything that's really close to the things that we listed, but honestly, the heart of it is if anyone has said anything to you that has made you feel less than or condemned or ashamed, then that's going to be on the don't list. So for me, I was a senior in high school, and I remember... It was like in between classes and there had been an ongoing situation with me and this guy I had dated who was honestly now even just talking so much with Nicole and Mariah a few minutes ago about the situation so predatorial and just so manipulative and he did end up sexually assaulting me after we had broken up but this was a situation that people kind of knew some things about but really they didn't they didn't know anything about the situation involving me and this person who was a little bit older than me and who was always hanging around my school and so when I was talking about some things that were going on she looked at me and she goes it's just so crazy to me Anissa because you come from such a good home and you have a dad that's so involved in your life. Mm-hmm. And when she said that to me, I was so, so devastated because I did feel like, yeah, what is wrong with me? And she did give a platform to those thoughts that I had already thought. Like I was born and raised in this really great Christian home and I had a dad that wanted to take me out for daddy-daughter time while I was growing up and a mom that wanted to just hear everything about my life and this little sister that admired me and looked up to me and so my home life was really great what was wrong with me why did I keep getting put in these situations where I was being victimized where I was being preyed on and it didn't make sense and so she was just staring at me and I said back to her yeah I don't know I really don't know but I played that over and over and over again in my head and it was something that I did just really dwell on and think about and I allowed myself to feel so discouraged and so like yeah this is just what I am what is wrong with me other people see it too it's not just something that I think other people are thinking it so that was definitely a don't situation that I really struggled for a long time with A lot of what you guys have been saying has been making me think of something that my therapist said to me 
when I was playing the what if game is what she called it and when you play the what if game you always lose and there's no productivity in it when you say what if I hadn't been drunk what if I had fought harder what if I had done x y and z what happened happened and when you play that game you always lose and you'll go crazy and I did that all the time what if I hadn't fallen asleep on that couch what if I had walked my friend literally lived across the street what if I had said I'm so drunk off my butt I'm gonna go to her house and I'm gonna fall asleep there what if I had done that playing that game and trying to figure out what you could have done differently what's done is done and now it's coming to a point I'm gonna move forward you can't do that you really can't I did it all the time and you'll go crazy but the what if game does work if you're a parent and you want to play it with your kid prior to any type of things happening in their life and you go hey what if um a boy says yeah exactly you should freak out what if someone tries to kiss you you should push them off right you like walk through all of that with them Yes, what if game as a parent with your child, very productive. productive. I would do that, but as a survivor doing that on a situation that's already passed that I can't change now, all I can do is change my reaction to it, but I was literally driving myself insane and I would sit in my little chair in my counselor's office and say, what if I had, what if I hadn't, or what if, and she Mm -hmm. was like, Anissa, we cannot operate on what you might have been able to do differently at that time. We can only work with what you want to do now. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. And we just want to help you guys understand that the focus needs to be the responsibility is on them. It doesn't even matter any of that. Exactly. They chose to took, take control use power and control to take what they wanted from you it doesn't matter what the circumstance is it just doesn't and so we want to like be people that that say it's not your fault and when we start saying but what if no don't go there Mm -hmm. it's not your fault you were drunk at a party before and did this person no they were safe exactly that person was not safe Mm -hmm. and they chose to whatever their plan that they had in their mind so okay well if you ever have had anything very wounding or discouraging said to you similar to any of the mentioned statements or close to what the stories were that we just gave you we really encourage you to give yourself a safe space to think them over think about how they made you feel when they were said to you and then something you can do kind of like as an exercise to retrain your brain on you know responses is write down responses that give yourself a lot of compassion and kindness so some examples we have are um, i didn't tell anyone then because i was afraid now i'm learning how to not be afraid that's a great response to give someone or I don't choose to bring up the past and think about it. It surfaces on its own when I don't want to think about it. If you have PTSD or secondary PTSD or trauma stuck in your brain, that's a perfect, honest response. I don't want to think about these things. They come up on their own. Another one is I can never just forget about the past, but I'm working to let God help me put it to rest and move on in a way that has me thriving. Mm So those are all potential responses, just a potential activity for you to do that kind of gives yourself some like venting room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for family and friends, um, some helpful do's 
that we, you know, encourage families to have or friends to have is to support, is to show acceptance, love, give some time, have some understanding, show interest, just like Mariah was saying her sister did, um, and, and give as much help as they possibly can. And um, one of the greatest things that has been helpful for me is having a husband who is like, how can, how can I help you? And, um, who, who always reminds me it's a safe place. And, um, I can, he always gives me the, the room to talk about my day and what's gone on here and different feelings I'm feeling and how it triggered me or whatever. And he never makes me feel, um, like I'm overreacting or anything like ridiculous or anything. Um, he prays for me. That's another great thing that someone can do is you know give prayer support if they can't give anything like I don't feel like reading a book or doing any of that they can pray for you and say hey I'm praying for you and be an encouragement give like a feeling of hope you know your story doesn't end here you know you've got more to this and and there's hope in your story honor trust and validation and um we're just going to close by giving a couple of examples of and belief. And belief. Yes. Yeah. That's a and huge just one. Having someone say, I, I believe, believe you. you. Yeah. I won't minimize it. And I'm a safe person. Absolutely. That's a, that's probably the biggest one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So now we want to just give some examples of people that were do's, that followed the do's <laughs> and were supportive. Um, I guess I just gave mine about my husband, but what do you guys got? I unfortunately never give enough love to one of my best friends who is my roommate my freshman year of college and then my senior year of college. She has always been all of these things. Becca Acevedo, I love you so much. Um, Becca always, always believed me no matter what. She never pushed for any information. She was always just so accepting of me, always, no matter what, even when I was being so mean and so nasty and really out of bounds she gave me room she didn't allow me to be toxic she would call me out but it would be after I calmed down and she was always very honest with me and just so encouraging so she truly is you know she was there Becca was the first person I saw after I had been raped one night and she knew what happened and she didn't ask me any questions at all she literally just helped me get in the shower and sat with me and that was the best thing that she could have done and I didn't even ask for it. So Mariah has a great example of someone, a safe person asking, tell me what to do for you and wanting to do it. And, you know, Becca didn't even have to do that. She just was there and that was the best thing for me. So she is such an example of a person that provides all these things that we mentioned. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for all the Beckas out there. Yeah. (laughs) No. Um, Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like just experiences of, you know, like my my family that has believed me and, and just say, we believe you and you don't even have to explain yourself like we believe you and um, and even just who was there that night I came home and um um one of my friends like she just knew what happened I didn't even have to say it I didn't even have to even say it she just knew she was just like he raped you I'm like and then I just bursted on into tears and I don't think I would have gotten it out and you know just moving here honestly to Florida um 
I've just had amazing friends and um, people who have never minimized me and have helped me see that I'm not small like I used to feel like I was and sometimes struggle with now. Um, and just, you know, those times where, you know, my uncle did call me and he, he, after like 10 years, finally someone saying in a male in my family, just, um, this is a crime. He called it a crime. Um, and this should have never happened to you. And you have my support. And, um, you know, even just doing this podcast, having my cousin call me the other night, just crying with me and saying I didn't know and um just being able to tell her like you're the first person that's here heard it from my mouth and um she said everything that I needed to hear like you're I'm a safe person and I'm gonna tell you right now I'm not gonna minimize it and you have my support and if I would have known I would have been next to you um and so you know and my aunt um my close aunt, you, uh, was the first one to say he raped you. Like that's rape, Mariah. And have empowered me to truly see the extent of how horrific it was. And, um, you know, so honestly being moving here, um, I've just had amazing friends and anyone who's listening, you know, exactly who you are just, um, praying over me and saying like, um, man, like calling these things out of me that, Um, I never saw myself and has been able to just sit there in all my ugly messiness and just sit there with me um, and say all the right things and um, believe me and pray for me and understand and show interest. I think that's the biggest thing for me is like I'm gravitated towards the people that actually want to know like they say hey I want to know what's tell me all about it tell me about you and um, let's meet, like checks up on me, like how did today go? Or, you know, constantly encouraging me with this podcast and things like that. So it goes a long, long way, just a long way. And so of just people who've been kind of in the battle of, of me just healing and rebuilding and, um, just words of life. Like, you know, there's going to be life coming out of this thing that's been dead, you know? So <clears throat> Yeah, thank you, Mariah. That's so good. And your friends definitely, (laughs) I need more of those type of friends. Like when I hear the things that they say, I'm like, gosh, what am I missing in this world? (laughs) I need support like that. I, I love your friends. Okay, keep being you guys. That's so amazing. So all of us have different needs and we want you to think about out of that list of the do's, like what do you need? Who do you need that from? And we'd love for you to think about that and, um, and, and really try to find that person that you can talk to about um, what's happened to you and, and try to support you. And if you can't find that person, at Trees of Hope, we have so many off, um, sexual abuse programs that we can offer you. If you're a teen or if you're an adult, male, female, whatever, we've got the program for you. So please go to our website and look at all the different programs that we offer. We not only offer programs that are actually in Broward County or Orlando, but we have online versions. And if you can't do an online group or if you don't, if you're not living in Fort Lauderdale, Broward County or um, Orlando, and you want to seek a professional counselor, the woman that is on the podcast, Kristen Torres, is a mental health counselor, 
she can help you. She specializes in trauma. So please go to our website again and you can make an appointment with her directly there. She does video meetings and or in-house meetings. So again, if you're not ready to do any of that, let's say you're not ready to do the classes, you're not ready to do the support group, you're not ready to go online, you're not ready to see a a counselor, we ask that you just keep coming back to this podcast and continue to grow and heal with us. So we love you. We'll see you next week for episode seven. Bye. Bye. See ya.